to episode nine. Thank you. It's so great to have you here. I am so glad that you are also here. Well, which is very nice thing to say since I invited you here to record and then wasn't here when you arrived. It was very late. Did you, I, did you enjoy the apple? I told you to take two. I had one apple. I was trying to be reasonable. <laughs> I got enough time in to snuggle every single one of your animals. That shows you how late I was because there are a lot of animals. And I also found a book called 52 Lists for Happiness. Yes. That I you've did. been hiding from me. <laughs> or you and Joanne have secretly fired. I told me. you every week we get together. I told you guys that lists are the key to happiness and you wouldn't believe me. So, well, I told you that in order for me to succeed, all others must fail. <laughs> and so I am keeping those 52 lists away from you. So that I can be happy. Great. That's great, Nancy. I went to New Jersey this weekend to visit my fam Mm -hmm, or part mm -hmm. of it, part of my fam. And my mom, who is a singing and piano and acting coach slash teacher, her students were having their recital. So we got to go to it. And I'm really proud to say I made it through the whole first half without weeping. But no. Only the first half. <laughs> but by the first line of the first performer of the second half, I was just openly weeping. Why? Were they I, like young students or were they, is it just like meaningful like it's experience? everyone. It's a mix of ages and skill levels. And some of the kids are also on the spectrum mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. autism. I don't know what it was about this one kid, but... He was just given it. And then he, he just opened the floodgates and oh. I couldn't stop crying for the like I seriously should not be allowed I if there had been security, I probably would have been asked to leave. <laughs> and his parents were I'm pretty sure I was crying harder than his parents. Well his mom wasn't crying, but his dad was. I listened to a podcast called Crime Junkie. Crime Junkie and with this two women named Ashley and Brett. And they love dogs. So they remind me of you a little bit because you also love dogs at least more than I love dogs, that's for sure. Don't at me. And Crime Junkie tells the stories of so many murders and tortures and rapes, like just horrific crimes. And Ashley's like the primary narrator. narrator, And she's like, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and she always gets through it. Yeah. And once a month, they have this thing called prep it of the month. I don't know what a prep it is. I keep meaning to Google it. I don't know if it's a made up word or I just don't know what it is. But it's a story where they tell a segment about a dog. And that Ashley cries so hard. <laughs> like she'll start reading Jen and she starts doing the ugly cry. And all they're talking about is like how the dog got cancer. Oh my God. And how the family terrible. rallied. And Britt's like, do, do you need do you need me to take over Ashley are you okay and Ashley, oh, oh, and it, I'm like you get through rape and torture and murder no problem and the the, the little schnauzer gets cancer yeah and uh I don't know she what they were doing it the other day 
And she was crying again. And I was like laughing so hard, like feeling for her laughing. But I was like, I think I, it means more to me now that we have a podcast. So I know what it's like to be behind a microphone and cry. Yeah. Well, that only happened <laughs> once. Not that we're keeping track. But um, yeah, in the past, I was like, oh, prep it of the month, delete, whatever. I don't care. But this time I was like, she really, really puts herself out there with those uh, prep it of the month episodes. My dog threw up yesterday, and I almost canceled my trip to Greece. <laughs> I was so worried about it. Oh, that's funny to me. I uh, know. I think she just had something stuck in her throat that was like a hairball of like not her hair. Obviously, she my, barely my has dog was sick once and seemed to be in a considerable amount of pain. Yeah, and he was booked with a border, and I was like, "Look alive." Look at that. <laughs> oh, my God. We've got a ski trip going on here. You're a monster. So we took him, and she's like, how's he? How's he? I'm like, oh, he's great. See ya. And then I called, like, four hours later. I'm like, how's he doing? She's like, he's fine. I'm like, really? That's fantastic. And it turned out, just in case anyone is interested, that he did have, he had, like, a little cyst or something oh, on his back. Yeah. And he got in a haircut that week. And the guy, I think he should have told me. I don't dislike the dog I think he cut it he and he nicked him he, yeah he nicked him and he was in pain for a few days over it and then by the time we figured it out it was kind of like a uh you saw it like a bald patch for a yeah. while we weren't sure what it was and then when the hair came back it was dark so you had this dark patch you and I had many conversations I spent hours researching <laughs> some of them even, even involved consulting with a vet which we canceled the appointment because we were busy. But um, he went for another haircut recently. And the very first thing, a different place. And the lady said, oh, did he have a scab? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's totally normal. The hair grows back dark and then it will come back normal. So that's my dog story. I can't believe I made it through without crying. You're such a jerk. Back to you. Sorry, I interrupted you as usual. Dog was ill. Almost canceled your trip to Greece. I would have happily gone to Greece with Joe, FYI. <laughs> uh, a few days ago, I would have let you go to Greece with Joe. <laughs> but we won't get into that because she's being adorable now. Renault says that he would like to go on vacation with you and how that would be okay because you don't cross the fence. And I could go on vacation with Joe because she doesn't cross the fence. So, oh, no, no, no. That's the opposite. We totally have to edit so that out. You, you don't We're cross the fence. No, I don't cross the fence. I could go with Joe. Yeah. yeah. You said Joe doesn't cross the fence. Well. You're not a man. I don't know what fence we're talking about. Well, I, I, was, I, I had to metaphor. ask you. I got really confused. I was like, what what fence? Like, I thought you meant like he doesn't. I don't cross the line. I'm not going to like piss him off. Uh, no, totally different line. So. The sex line. Now that I understand, <laughs> it's that he knows he's. If it was any other woman, that like she could, would probably throw themselves at him. Yes, exactly. And he would exactly. have to, like, beat them off with a stick. Yes. Like, get them on. No, yeah. sh- fuck, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you know what I'm saying. Yes. But despite how irresistible he is. Yeah, you would be able to hold yourself back because you're not. Because I've never been with a man. Wow. And I'm whole not other ever episode. attracted to them. <laughs> ever. It's true. My children were conceived immaculately. <laughs> North star in the sky. Uh-huh. So the dog is better? Your dog, Nina? She seems to be. Good. It's just a, like you said, maybe a small hairball. I'm sure she's A little fine. virus. little cold, little something. Tickle in her throat. Who knows? 
When we, like I just said, when we go away, we leave. It's not a border. We use this uh, app called Rover here in Montreal. I don't know if it's all You just the leave the dog home alone with an app? <laughs> it's <laughs> it awesome. Yeah. And you know, we use the services of an app, which is like Airbnb for dogs. And like you can go in the app and within like one mile of your house, it will tell you all of the people and their, their stars and, and all that Who stuff. Who will accept dogs in their house? Yeah. It's Rover. I want to be a rover. So I said to my children after we paid our rover like $350 when we went um, to BC for 10 days. It's like between the rover can charge what they want. So it's between like $25 and $35 a night on average. In a moment of complete and total insanity, I said to my son, Louis, who's 15, you should be a rover. Like you're good with dogs and you like need money. Oh, that's what you were talking yeah. about, Rover, in yeah. your text. That's why you had a dog here this week? Yes. So he totally thinks it's fantastic. Like $30 a night to him might as well be a million. So he's like, oh, you have to be 18. And so Natalia, the student that lives with us, she's like, I'll do it. Like, we can do it together and we can be like 50-50 business partners. So like normal life, Natalia does all the work. <laughs> <laughs> Sets up everything. And Louis invoices her. Yeah. And Louis like, tell, just tell me when I get my 50%. So they couldn't get five stars. You know, people usually yeah. want some stars. So I actually booked them for a dog walk. You can actually book the rovers for walks or visits or whatever. So I booked them $10 for a walk. They walk the dog. And I paid the $10. And they split their fee, which Rover takes 20%. And then they have to wait four days for PayPal. So after that, they each got $4. And that was the end of it. And I didn't hear anything about it recently. Friday, and it's tax week, eh? Like taxes, it's April 30th today when we're recording this. And I've spent the last 10 days looking for all sorts of bits and bobs of receipts and just looking for things online and in boxes and generally feeling miserable. So I pretty much got everything done. And I said to her, no, let's go on a date on Friday night. And so the kids are going to end game which doesn't mean anything to me, but apparently it's like the movie of the century and it was all sold out and the only seats they could get were at midnight in the deaf theater. So it was like, there were still a few seats left and they're like, what's closed captioning? I'm like, it's no big deal. It's just like subtitles. So the three of them have this midnight plan and Renault and I have plans for dinner. So about four o'clock, Natalia texts me and she's like, is it okay if we have a bulldog for, and I'm like, how long? Like, there's no, no, I'm not signing up for two weeks for an unknown dog. And she's like, till Sunday. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's, that's cool. So I'm texting Renault and he's like, how big is it? I'm like, whatever, whatever, it's all fine. And how big can a bulldog be? Really? Yeah. Well, I Googled it. Wikipedia showed me a picture of a bulldog. I said, oh, it's like the same size of Brody. What's Brody? 15 pounds. <laughs> so we go for dinner and we come back and the dog is in the front room. The dog is a giant pit bull. <laughs> like, and I sent you a picture and you're like, that is not a bulldog. I'm like, oh. I know it's so cute though. The dog was, was terrifying. But so cute. No, I'm going to put a picture yes. on Instagram. You yes, guys. I'm going to put a picture. I'm doing it right now. And so I don't know listeners what it's like where you live, but we've had this whole controversy over pit bulls and other I'm using my little air tags, dangerous breeds. And so it's been in the paper a lot. And so I know the facts that pit bulls are not inherently dangerous. That's right, right? 
I'm asking you. Oh, you're asking me if pit bulls are dangerous? Yeah, they're not. It depends. Well, but my point is any dog can be dangerous. Like a pit bull is not born a killer. True. Really? You don't seem very convinced. It's true. Okay. It's, I, I'm just being careful because it depends on in what sense you mean that. Don't at me about this, please. I'm going to clarify. I just mean like obviously a pit bull is more dangerous than Brody because Brody has a tiny little mouth. Well, and this like, is what I'm saying is that no, but I'm just mean, I mean their disposition. A pit bull is not like just. It, it depends on if, but no. Okay. So just like generally speaking, any pit bull born today is not a killer. Right. And so I was thinking of that. I'm like, because on the flip side, they were like, they're, they're, they have a gene. They can, it can be set off at any time. They're I killers. Think, I think they it's just, more about like, I think have they been bred, like, bred, bred yeah, and raised violent. to be violent? Were their parents, like, we don't know where this dog, we don't know the, the lineage of this right. dog, right? So we don't know if it's coming from an aggressive background or not. But it's not just because it's a pit bull or a pit bull mix right. that it's going to be a violent dog. And there's tons of adorable dogs that bite. And that's my point is I was trying not to be prejudiced against the dog because it was a dangerous breed, whatever that means. And so I was kind to the dog and I was gentle with the dog. I was also terrified of the dog. But so oh, cute. it was so big. So big compared to Brody. And it was a good thing that Louis was involved because Natalia and I couldn't even hold him. He's a leash puller. So, oh, I mean, strong. you just would have pulled poor Natalia, who might weigh 100 pounds wet, just pulled her right over. I could, but if you saw a squirrel or something like that. And so Louis, oh my God. Anyway, I'm going on and on. But that is why we had a dog for 48 hours. And who wasn't yours. Who wasn't ours. And so everything went okay, except for the dog was with Louis, where Louis plays PS4, and the door was locked. And there's like a little rooftop terrace off that. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know that Doris, who's a kitten, like five months old, was on the terrace. And she came in through an open window, and the dog went crazy. Like, for fun, crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, look, <laughs> fun. Yeah. And I was outside the door. The door was locked. And it was like sheer chaos and screaming and barking. So there was children screaming, cats meowing, dogs barking. And I was like, open the door, open the door. And Louis's like, I can't, I can't. So by the time he opens the door, like all three of them just come at me. Poor Dora. She's like doing parkour off the walls. She's Aww. trying to find something to hold on to to get away from the dog. Poor thing. So somehow we end up in this tiny laundry room, all four of us. And because the Doris has run in there. The dog, whose name is Lucio, Lucio has chased Doris in there. She's doing parkour back and forth off the walls, trying to find something. Does the dog not have a collar on or something? No, oh. because the dog wears a harness when we walk him, and he's not wearing the harness in the house. So somehow Louis gets the cat, holds Louis 6'4". Louis holds up the cat as high as he can in the air. So oh, it's almost nine feet. Oh, that's a fun game for a Nine dog. feet. Mm -hmm. The dog leaps into the air. I only have ever seen this on Cirque du Soleil. The dog leaps into the air and grabs Doris in his mouth. Like, I was screaming. And I'm not like a screamer. I'm usually, like, pretty calm about this stuff. So now the dog has Doris in his mouth. We're all in the laundry room. I can't grab the dog because he has no collar. I actually knee him in the ribs, like, just out of, like, reflex. I knee him in the ribs. 
not too hard. Like, I don't want him to kill me. So he drops the cat. Somehow the cat gets away. And the, I don't know that it just sort of all fizzled out from there. Oh, my God. It was very stressful. But Doris is fine, everyone, because I gave her a good snuggle today and she didn't seem to be injured. Well, the thing about Doris is she's so happy and she licks everything. Like sometimes if she walks past a plastic bag of apples, she'll just like plastic oh, for a little like while. plastic bags. They're so disgusting, but cute. Anyway, I picked her up and I snuggled her and she didn't. And I will always say to people who love Doris, I'm like, that cat has never had a bad day in her life. Well, now. Well, Doris had her first bad day. So I said, okay, that's it. The dog is on lockdown. He's in the front room with the harness at all times. It's not painful or uncomfortable yeah, yeah. for him to wear a harness. Sure. The baby gate's up and someone is with him pretty much at all times. So that happened Saturday afternoon and he got picked up on Sunday. And we were without incident. And I will say like we ate, like we left him in the front room. Mm -hmm. At that point, he just couldn't be free with cats in the house. And he didn't cry, he didn't bark. He was good. In the end, like in hindsight, he was a, a very good, nice dog. Well, and the kids went in and hung out with him and stuff. He oh, wasn't Natalia like studied in there all day. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. wasn't alone. Yeah. Cool. I don't know where we're at with Rover. The kids are like, okay, so next time just a smaller dog. I'm like, how about next time I pay you $60 to not take the dog? That's, <laughs> that's where I'm at with Rover. And the point of me mentioning the end game thing was he had just got here. We took him for a walk. We spent an hour or two with him. And then the kids are going to a movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Renault's like, I don't know what this whole Rover thing is. It was your idea. It's Stanley Cup playoffs. So you're taking care of the dog. So I, I have my own bedroom. We can have a different episode about that. But I had to sleep in my bedroom with the pit bull. And I got <laughs> almost no sleep. Not because I was afraid, but because he was crying in the night. Not Aww. like... Uh, too much, but every, you know, 90 minutes, I would hear him whimpering. And I would say, tapis, tapis, which is French for carpet, I think. Yes. Which is his command to go back to bed. And it worked. So after Rover took their fee, I don't know, maybe the kids will each get like $24 each. And I only got three hours of sleep on <laughs> But this is a valuable learning experience. For everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One nice thing I want to point out is that walking Brody around here, and we've kind of touched on this before about how you were saying in one of the most recent episodes that you really enjoy the time walking the dog. Mm -hmm. And for us, but same thing, like we're just coming out of winter. So it is been a hassle, like kind of like hot potato whose turn is it to take out Brody. Yeah. But we all walked Lucio, except for Renault because it's Stanley Cup playoffs. But all four of us walked Lucio mostly to like protect each other in case anything <laughs> happened. Someone was ready to call 911. <laughs> and after a few days, we're like, we really like this. It's really nice, like the four of us mm -hmm. going out and like making jokes and just shooting the shit walking together. Yeah, Joe and I sometimes like we take turns walking the dogs, mostly because I'm awake first. So I'll do it in the morning and then I'm at work in the afternoon. So she'll she works from home so she can take the dog out in the afternoon. But occasionally we re remember that we could do it together when we're both home. And it's fun. It's nice. And the other thing that was meaningful to me was before Lucio, I had this underlying feeling that my house was chaotic. <laughs> and God showed me what chaos looks like. There you go. Yeah. And now you realize you live in a Zen garden. And now I feel like my house has just the right amount of equilibrium. So what are we talking about today? I was just about to ask you. I think today we're going to talk about ADHD. 
Mm-hmm. Attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Sounds like a plan. I'm going to be honest. I don't know a lot about it. I know a little bit, but I don't, I don't know a lot about it. I wanted to talk about it because I've been, I was diagnosed a few years ago with ADHD and I have mixed feelings about it. Like, and just when I say ADHD diagnosis and even talking about it in general, like just as a caveat, Jen and I, like we've said it before, we're not experts. Like we're not doctors. We're not psychologists. Probably y'all figured out that by now, but I think that we have, why we wanted to do this podcast was to talk about our experience. Mm -hmm. And I have experience with ADHD. And so my experience might be completely different than any other adult with ADHD and any adult that might have a child with ADHD. Mm -hmm. So that's my preamble. So the mixed feelings I have about it are that when I had my diagnosis and the psychologist explained it to me, there's no like ADHD like diagnosis. They do a bunch of different tests like long-term memory, executive function, short-term memory. And depending on, like you talked about a spectrum, Mm -hmm. depending on, that was for autism, but it's the same with ADHD where you sort of fit in with all of these tests in the result. You could be on the spectrum of ADHD and I am on the spectrum. What led you to be tested for that? Well, you and I have a similar story with that, where when Louis was in grade two or three, and I think the same thing happened with Chloe, is the teacher sent a note home that he needed to be on medication. Mm-hmm. And it almost went crazy. Like, I was really angry and I was yelling at Renault, like, who was she to to suggest that our kid go on medication? And they're so quick. And how could you medicate a child? And I went through this whole thing. And Renault's like, well, just go talk to her if you if you want to talk to her about that. So made an appointment with her and it was a lot less intense than I expected. Like she wasn't super aggressive about it. She was just saying like he has trouble focusing and he has trouble paying attention. Mm -hmm. And in my experience as a, as a teacher, she was also young. um, Some kids can do better with medication. Right. And one of my friends is a psychiatrist for children. And she was like, yeah, okay, fine. But when was the last time you had his eyes tested? Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a thing. (laughs) Worst mom ever. And we had his eye tested and he was like practically legally blind, couldn't see anything. Wow. Okay. And I guess they have this test where they can tell you how long it's been like that. And she's like, he hasn't been able to see well for about six months. Whoa, really? And I felt so bad. It's like my first kid. Like, I didn't know that you're supposed to get their eyes tested regularly. And he was young. Like, I thought maybe at like 10 or something. I think, I don't know what they are in grade three, six, seven. I don't know, eight. In grade three? <laughs> yeah. How old are they in grade three? They're eight. Eight, yeah. yeah. And you think that they would say something. That's what it was. You'd think he would say, mom, I can't see. You know what? Though? I think when we were kids, we got checked for stuff like that at, at school. school. Yeah. Remember but then they, they cut all the funding. Our- yeah. Because even the dental hygienist came and checked our teeth. Like there was like basic stuff they did. Yeah. Hearing, eyes, teeth. And lice. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever they came in. So anyway, he got his glasses and everything got better. And I forgot about it. And then he was seeing a tutor in like grade six or seven. And she was older. She was like early 60s. She was a retired teacher. And she was great. She was like super strict, like yeah. really no nonsense. And she took me aside one day and said, it takes us about 40 minutes to get him to the point where he can focus for 10 minutes. Wow. 
And she didn't say, I think he should be on medication. She said, I think you should have him tested for ADHD. And I was like, here we go again. Somebody like telling me that I should put my kid on medication. So I came home and I told Renault and Renault was like the same thing. Like, we don't want to put our kid on medication, but, you know, professionals are telling us that we should have them tested. And sometimes in those situations, I like harness it and I look in Google and I make the appointments and other time I like super procrastinate like it's Mm -hmm. I know it's going to be difficult for me and I don't like feeling uncomfortable so I ignore it and at the time our neighbor I don't know if any of our listeners are like our age or remember like Tim the Toolman Taylor oh yeah (laughs) and he had this neighbor Wilson I think and you never saw Wilson's face he just talked to Wilson through the fence and so Renault starts talking through the fence to our neighbor and our neighbor's like oh yeah yeah just give them the medication. Just just try it. Just try it like a dealer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but basically, the neighbor who was also a child psychiatrist was like, he can just try it. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be this big emotional thing. And it's not a life sentence either. You know? But for me, it, it was like, mm-hmm. because I'm the one that's deciding to put an 11 year old on medication. And I don't think he should be on medication. And this is where I think we do agree. I think the school system should change so that, you know, everybody can learn in their own way at their own pace. But that's it's the world is not perfect. And they have to sit and they have to sit for long periods of time and focus. Yeah, I think for kids and adults, the amount of hours in a row that we're expected to just sit still and be focused on one thing that probably doesn't even interest us is so incredibly unnatural. Um, You and I have a friend who, in common, who is also a psychologist who was told by the teachers at her son's school when he was pretty young that he needed to be medicated and they really bullied her about it. And so she went ahead and did it and it did help. But I don't remember exactly the details because it was quite a while ago. But I remember at one point she just it just wasn't sitting with her right to keep giving like to medicate him every day without having explored other right options and it is speed it's an amphetamine yeah and it, and I can't remember there was probably there may have been other side effects or something that she just it wasn't gelling like yes he was focusing more but there was other things that were bugging her about it and she had done some research I think it was like they bullied her a lot she put him on the meds to give him some quick relief right. from this frustration and it was frustrating for him as well to not be able to focus and then she sort of started exploring other options. And honestly, it, she made other changes, like not letting him have any screen time before Sugar, school, too. And cutting out the sugar cereals mm-hmm. in the morning. So he was eating a more balanced breakfast and he wasn't allowed to play video games or, or go on a, um, on a device in the morning before school. And that fixed the problem. And it wasn't that he needed to be medicated anymore. And in your example as well where you mentioned Chloe it was the eyesight yeah Yeah. I had a bunch of teachers tell me that she had attention deficit disorder it's an that's another frustrating thing too ADHD exists but it's very rare and there's so many teachers that not just with this but many things so many teachers think that they know what's wrong with a kid because they've seen many, many, many kids in their career. Some of these teachers are are right a lot of the time because they have a ton of experience. And some of them are just making Some of them just want the kids to be, and I can't blame them, but some of them just want the kids to like sit and listen. Yeah. And if two or three kids are being constantly disruptive, they want that solved. Yeah. 
And and with Chloe, I didn't know what to do. I she had this one teacher. I loved her so much. She said, "I just ha- I give her a paper and and pencil, and I let her doodle while I'm talking, as long as she's quiet. And that seems to keep her focused. She seems to be able to take in what I'm saying. She seems to be present." as long as she can be doing her own thing at the same time. So I was like, she's amazing. Why can't the other teachers be more, you know, sort of in touch with what's going on? And there's lots of kids who have this problem. So why aren't we finding tools for how to help them in the classroom? But interestingly enough, also a friend of mine told me one day that she had taken her kid out of school because they were going to have their eyes checked. And I was like, oh, what's wrong with his eyes? And she said, (laughs) nothing. He just needs to go for his checkup. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, no, of course. Yeah. And then called the doctor the next day and I made appointments for my whole family. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, we do that too. Right, guys? And we went and the doctor asked me, she must have a horrible time focusing in class. Does she sit right in front of the chalkboard because her far yeah. away vision is terrible? And I said, no, no, I don't know. Do you? Where do you sit? And she said, in the back. And and the doctor asked her, how do you sit how do you still? Think? How do you, you focus? Think, you would think that they would say something, but they don't. And I hadn't even made the connection, even with like five teachers complaining to me that my daughter can't pay attention in class it didn't even occur to me that she might not be able to. I don't know. I it just never occurred to me because your other two probably didn't have glasses, and I didn't have glasses right. at the time. Now I'm blind as a bat, but I didn't have glasses either. So it I didn't even know that needing glasses makes you irritable and unable to focus. <laughs> you know, like so. Here's your PSA from on the same page with Jen and Nancy. If you haven't had your kids' eyes tested recently, you can get that done. Yes, you're. That's a thing, guys. And there's so many other things. Like, I think that there's a bunch of symptoms of ADHD that are also symptoms of other things. And there are, you know, you and I talked about doing this um, subject on the podcast, and I lovingly told you, I don't think we're going to be on the same page about this. (laughs) But it's not that I don't think it exists. Um, It's just that I think it's more rare than we realize. And I think that it's overdiagnosed and we could do like a five hour episode about like the coincidence of like every time like pharma gets permission to advertise a new drug, suddenly everyone's diagnosed with whatever disorder or dis-ease is cured by that. Which is why I didn't want to put Louis on medication. Of course. And that's why our friend too, who shall remain nameless also was like, no way. She, I mean, she knows too. So there's that side of it. And then there's the thing that you pointed out, how like lots of teachers, parents, and other people who are dealing with children just want the fix to get that kid to either A, be quiet or calm down or be able to excel at whatever it is they're doing. It's it's not just done in a in a selfish way, but I just it does exist. So so from where I'm sitting, you know, admittedly feeling like I'm an expert on everything, but (laughs) (laughs) acknowledging that I am actually an expert on absolutely nothing. Um I would encourage people, adults who are having these symptoms, I don't know what else if you call it that, but like or children who are experiencing these difficulties, I think it's really important to look into what it is. Because if it is something like you need to be medicated or your child needs to be medicated in order to function, it's not fair to hide from that possibility because you're robbing yourself or your child of like, you know, being happy and comfortable and confident. But also that there are so many other things as well. Like at the same time, 
look into things like your you know diet and exercise or lack thereof or screen time stress levels overstimulation understimulation gluten yeah your diet yeah, yeah. is a huge one yeah. um and just like maybe you, you have anxi- an anxiety disorder maybe there's things going on that you're feeling avoidant about and you're having a hard time focusing on anything so and all of the things we just named are important things too it's i'm not saying like maybe it's just Stress. If your stress levels are so high that you cannot focus on anything, that's a really bad sign, you know. But you know, I'm I definitely. That's am, when you need Ativan. That's right. You have <laughs> to make sure you have the right drug. medication. Yeah, and, and other medication. Also, other medical. There are medical issues. There are d- other disorders and diseases that cause these things too. So all, all of these things are are important. I'm not like a huge fan of the overall medical system and like you my first instinct is not to drug anyone or take a pill for anything but also it can be a sign that you do have adhd it can also be a sign that you have a bladder infection i don't know like some underlying issue that you are not addressing or not aware of but for you because you talked about your son like how did you come to get your own self Looked at. So Renault continued to talk to the neighbor and he said to the neighbor, because the neighbor said, would you like me to prescribe this medication for Louis? And Renault said, no, my wife doesn't want him to take medication. And the doctor said, yes, that's common for the person who gave it to him to feel guilty. <gasps> what? And not want to deal with the issue. Gave, and I was like, <laughs> gave it to I'm, him? And Renault was like, and Renault was telling me this and I'm like, the doctor says I gave it to him. First, I don't think I have ADHD. Second, if I did, I don't feel guilty about giving it to him. Like, I give that kid so much good stuff in life. If the only bad thing I gave him was ADHD, like, I was like, that is so wrong. It's so weird. That's so like, wrong it's on not so many syphilis. levels. It's not like I <laughs> forgot to tell you something. Yeah. And I, the reason that I don't want to take medication has nothing to do with my own guilt. But in that whole process, I did learn that it's genetic. And I was like, well, maybe you gave it to him, babe. Like, I don't know why everybody's looking at me. By the way, has anyone seen my keys? <laughs> and you guys only got tested because you were like, let the games begin. <laughs> And so this went on for a while, Renault talking to the fence and me like <laughs> doing blocking. And one day Louis came home with like a C minus and he said the classic, it's okay, mom, I'm just not smart, but I'm okay. Oh. I'm good at sports. I'm like, okay, let's just try it. Let's try it. And we tried the medication and within a week we went from C minuses to B pluses. Wow. Like it was a complete, I saw such a huge change in him. Because when they aren't doing well, and they know people are talking about them and the parents and the teachers are talking, it I didn't even realize how much it affected his confidence. And then suddenly when he starts getting B pluses and nobody's talking about him anymore, and if they are, it's positive, his whole confidence and his demeanor changed. I remember he used to play uh, soccer when he was a kid. And everybody would be like playing the game normally. Mm-hmm. And he would kind of be like bouncing like an Easter bunny. Like he's really <laughs> tall and moving his arms. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. What is that kid doing? And I was like, whose kid is that? And I was like, Louis, get in the game. Play. 
And he went straight from that within a few months to like catching footballs, like from the end zone or whatever. Yeah. It changed everything spatially how he sees the world. Wow. And so for him, it was a solution. And this is why I don't like having these conversations with you, because we did. There was so much that you said that we could have done that we just didn't have the energy as a family. Like he never has ever had sugar cereals for breakfast. So that wasn't an issue. But he has whole wheat toast with peanut butter. Maybe he shouldn't have carbs. Maybe he should have a protein-only breakfast. The kid hates yogurt, and the kid hates eggs, and the kid hates tofu, and the kid hates fish. There was just no planet where I was going to be able to master the protein breakfast day after day after day. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is short story, it worked. Mm -hmm. And it worked for him, and it worked for our family. But I completely agree with you that... I'm not sure medication was the only option. Oh, and I'm not. I know it was. I'm, I'm going to say maybe there was not just maybe. I, I don't want to like be super hard on myself and say I really should have dug deeper and not medicated my kid because there's part of me that thinks that. But at the same time, he's doing well. The family's doing well. And it's not a life sentence. But I just want to clarify, too, that I'm not saying that no one should give their kid medication. I'm saying... That is as equally as important as all the, like, you need to look at everything. Right. And that includes, even for someone like me, that includes going to the doctor. And like I said, it, it could be that they have ADHD and it even could be something more dramatically wrong right. with this kid too. Like there's a, other reasons as well that they might need medical attention. So I wasn't saying like, no, no one should be medicated for this. I'm just saying there's many things to look at. Yes. And all of them should be looked at, not just because... Like you're saying, there could be an underlying issue that's getting mi missed because we're just calling it ADHD and giving it... Giving yeah, it and on yeah. the other side too, what if your kid does have ADHD? You're not addressing that. You're not dealing with it. You're not giving them the tools or the medication they need to be functional because you just want to... There's so many parents who would not call their kid dumb. Well, I imagine there's some of those too, but they're jerks. But there's a lot of parents too who would say, oh, well, she's... She's energetic. It's hard for right. her to focus. Yeah. She's got. She's very imaginative. She's yeah, very yeah. this. She's very that. It's really easy for us to brush. She's that my stuff creative off. child. Don't yeah. we do that to ourselves all the time? Oh, I'm. I'm just clumsy. I'm forgetful. I'm this. I'm that. And we blow that off and we don't look into it. So I think all those things need to be looked into from their diet to their exercise or lack thereof or their habits in the house. But also look into the, if they have ADHD. Also look into if there's medical issues. I think like. When anyone's having a problem of any kind, yeah, they that should means get the something. Diagnosis. Yeah, something's yeah. going on, whether it's medical or or psychological or environmental. There's something going on, obviously. So, so a few years later, Elliot, my my youngest, was having sort of anxiety type issues, and he was doing really well at school. And by well, I mean like B's, B minuses, because if there's one thing I've learned as a parent, somebody has to be average. <laughs> because if you don't have average, then there's no such thing. Not everybody can be above average. When they start coming home and you're like, oh, I wish you could have got an A, you could have got an A. And then you realize that that doesn't help anybody. Mm -hmm. And some of my my friends, like I was seeing a child psychiatrist, child, check, child psychologist, they're like, nothing wrong with a good C plus, to be honest. Like if he's happy and well adjusted. So anyway, Elliot came home and his marks were fine. But the teachers were saying he was having anxiety. So I was talking to the my friend and she was saying, you have to make sure he might be having anxiety 
because he might have ADHD because it does run in the family. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, make sure you're treating the right disorder, whatever we want to call it. And so we had Elliot tested for ADHD and he was off the charts. And then I was like, well, maybe I should get tested if both kids have it. And we had a bit of it's not it's not inexpensive to get tested. It's an eight hour test. And you just sit there for eight hours. Yes. Four hours and then a one hour break and then four more hours. Yeah. With really, really hard tests. Like like mind bender type tests like visually, and, yeah, me- memorizing like fifteen sets of fifteen numbers, doing something else, and coming back and having to repeat the fifteen numbers and then repeat them backwards. And what they do, you you end up feeling you lose confidence because what happens is they keep making the questions harder and harder and harder mm-hmm. until you can't answer them anymore, and that's your result. But at some point, so you never, they're never like, oh, you passed. That's great. The questions just keep getting harder. And so it came back that I was also ADHD. And so where we're at right now is. Wait, what about Renault? He wouldn't get tested. What? He refused to get tested. And I think he has it too. Like really bad. So I think the four of us are just bouncing around like tub toys in this house. <laughs> and it's like, it's a miracle that we're functioning at all. That's so funny. And we're sitting in a room right now that I moved into a year ago. It has almost no furniture in it and a bunch of junk. And there's papers all over the floor. It's horrible in here right now because it's tax week. This is to me like symbolic of ADHD. It just feels like a low grade level of chaos that leads to also like a high feeling of anxiety because I feel like I should be able to be more organized to keep track of everything. It comes back to this sophistication thing too. Like, But I'll give you a quick example. It's tax week and we sold our house in 2018 and the accountant called and said, even though you don't have to pay tax when you sell your principal residence, you have to say what you bought the house for and when if you made any major improvements and what you sold the house for. So if you could get me that information. Well, I looked for hours. I could not find the bills of sales for our houses. Like, I don't know where they are. Did you look filing system that's upstairs that we are? I did. They're not there. I have a feeling that during the process of the house sale and purchase, the real estate agent and the notary had all those documents. Because we wouldn't, because we just had to have had them at the notary. That's a thing. And and somebody probably gave me the folder back with everything in it. And the folder just hasn't made it to its home home yet. But I found um, the kids' vaccination books. Yay. I found my grade three report card. Excellent. (laughs) That'll come in handy. And I found some receipts for a vacuum cleaner from an old house. That's what I had. I was like... Just being so mean to myself, like who doesn't have the bills of sale, copies of the bills of sale and the mortgages for their house? And so what was interesting about my diagnosis, which is I think the thing that I I wanted to talk about, and I think it might have taken us 45 minutes to get there, was, (laughs) was I am still of two minds about it. Like on one hand, I can look at it and I can say like, it's a thing that I have and it explains why I have problems with time. Like I'm late all the time. It explains why I can't find anything. And it explains away a lot of things that have made me feel shameful about how I behave in the world and how I was different. And in that way, it was incredibly like, like comforting, like it was a balm. 
Like I don't have to be so hard on myself mm, yeah, anymore. Yeah. On the other hand, it feels like a label. It feels like an excuse. I'm really shy to say to people like, oh, I've been diagnosed with ADHD. Because like you said, it's so it's so overdiagnosed and it's so easy and flippant to say it. I, I 100% believe that too, that it is overdiagnosed. It's, I think as of 2017, the increase in ADHD diagnosis rose by like, Oh, over a period of eight years by 42%. I know that we are always learning more and more about stuff. So obviously we can diagnose things that we couldn't before because we didn't know as much about it. But to me, that's such an enormous, yeah, that's almost doubling. And so I think that's crazy. The sad thing about that is then the people who really do have it right. get yeah. lost in a sea of like silliness, but not silliness. I feel like it's probably overdiagnosed in children. Because teachers and parents want children to, to be quiet and be good yeah. and succeed. And I feel like it's underdiagnosed in adults. What? So I have a question for you because I think a lot of people know that there's medications available, but I'm sure the medication doesn't just fix everything. Like, do you get other tools as well? To- I don't take medication for ADHD. Oh. I okay, then t- my question is like, sorry, I interrupted you, but... My qu- All right, I'm going to re-ask the question. Sure. Then you can re-answer me and I won't interrupt you. I think most people know that there's medication available for people who have ADHD. And I'm wondering if those people are also receiving other tools and helpful ways to deal with it, I guess. I guess if they, if they want to look into it, because I don't take medication. I take antidepressant medication already and it works for me. And I'm, that's a whole, maybe a whole other episode. And I don't want to take two medications. Yeah, yeah. I've got this thing, like, if I have to take multiple medications, then something's wrong in, in my life. And no offense to anyone that actually has legitimate reasons to take multiple medications, but I don't feel like that's me. I feel like I am healthy enough that if, if I need a little bit of, I take Ciprolex so that I, I don't get depressed. And again, whole other episode that's okay. I've accepted that. Mm -hmm. But again, if I have to start taking multiple medications, then I need to be looking at my underlying diet, my life. Am I unhappy in my marriage? Like there's a whole bunch of questions. I think people take medications to avoid asking themselves those questions Mm -hmm. too. But for me, I'm different from my kids. Nobody says that I have to go sit nine to five. I've never been on time for any job that I've ever had. And yet I've been hugely successful in the jobs that I have had. It was just like, where's Nancy? Oh, is it 1030 yet? Like I would work from home yeah. and then and then get ready and then show up or right. I, I kind of work my own hours. That's awesome. So I've built my life. It still makes me incredibly ashamed. I really have a problem. I And I can't believe I'm saying this out loud because it sounds ridiculous. I have a huge problem estimating how much time things are going to take. I have that problem too. Well, maybe you need to take ADHD medication. No, I'm just saying that now I understand there's a re- there's some explanations for why I'm the way that I am. But the, I just my point is I don't think that absolves me of the responsibility to try and fix them. It's not okay that I'm 15 to 20 minutes late for appointments. Okay, but so that's awesome because you. Probably could use some other tools as well. But one of the cool things about your situation is that you can One of the cool things about my situation is I have built a life around it. 
But there's also benefits to having ADHD. And one of those is hyperfocus. See, the thing is, it's not just that you can't focus. It's like a disorder in focusing. So some people have troubles focusing and other people have this hyper-focus, okay, which so there's can be different, dangerous. There's different, like it depends on the person, how it affects them? Or? Exactly. Okay. So Elliot and I have hyper-focus. And so we will like, focus, I can focus on something for two or three days and not shower and hardly eat if I'm trying to write like a book. No, I'm just kidding. If I'm trying to focus on like, if I'm building a website for a client, yeah. if I didn't have the family that required like sustenance and and care, I would just work on that website for three days. Yeah. And I don't think that's healthy either. I am fortunate enough to have be able to build my life and feel successful in having ADHD. And I'm not in a point where I feel like I have to take medication because I need to work nine to five. So what about like for Louis, does he have tools to help him with that? Or is the medication sufficient on its own? Or how does that work? So whether it's overdiagnosed or not, the public schools have recognized that whether or not it's an epidemic, it's a thing. Yeah. And so if you have an, a diagnosis from a reputable psychologist, like an actual test, they have to give you, it's the law, an intervention plan. Oh, cool. And so we went with our our document that the psychologist gave with us, gave to us. And the psychologist makes certain recommendations based on the individual thing. So if Louis's problem was short-term memory versus executive function, there is a list of um, suggestions. And it might be 25% more time on tests. It might be being alone in a room writing tests. Mm-hmm. It's it's different based on your actual diagnosis. Right. You know, in a perfect world, you would just meet with the school and they would just make all these accommodations for you. And it doesn't quite work like that. But I think everybody's trying, and I think some schools are better than others. And we were lucky that ours was no problem. Just just show us the report, and we'll take care of it. And the intervention plan follows them all through university. Okay. So he'll never have to have another test. He won't have to prove every year. Yeah, so for him, he has extra time on tests. And to be honest, I'm not sure what else. Because whatever is happening is working. And we've always eaten well. I don't think that diet should just be like, oh, you have ADHD. I guess I'm going to have to stop giving you Fruit Loops. <laughs> no more carrots for you. It's just like anything where if somebody has some sort of challenge in their life, if there's right. another lifestyle change they can make that will help them deal with that, then they're going to. It's not, but think, it might not be like, obviously the cure for the situation. I don't, I think I know what you're asking me, which is like, are there specific tools for ADHD? And I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe I, I should. I know that it was no sugar. Yeah. Sugar's like the enemy. And high protein is good. And lots and lots of exercise is good. So, I th- and I, th- I think you did answer too, like what you said, um, just giving the examples of what the school might do depending on the person's symptoms, I guess, right. or, or what kind of ADHD they have. Like you said, for mm-hmm. some kids are going to need to be alone. Some just need more time. Yeah. And some need a lot more time. But that's what I mean, because that can be applied even to an adult. If you know that you're going to have a longer time getting organized for something than somebody else might have, then for you, a helpful tool for you would be to give yourself extra right. time. Right. But then, like I was saying earlier, there's a certain amount of reality that I cannot keep sugar away from a 14-year-old boy. Like, I can I can show him all the literature and the magazine articles and make him listen to podcasts. He's still going to want to go to the Depener and buy a Coca-Cola. 
Well, you can't supervise your kids 24 hours a day either. When they were younger, it was a lot easier. And now they're, um, I don't know how old they are, 12 and 14, 13 and 15. I know I can sometimes, you know, we were, you were helping me organize an office and we were opening drawers and there was like bags of Doritos (laughs) and crumpled up Sprite cans. And the house cleaner was here and I was like, what is this? And she's like, oh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You don't even want to know what I find. It's true. It's not even just the stuff they're having at school with their friends. They're sneaking it right into the house because they're teenagers and teenagers are so cute like that. The best I can do is like keep teaching them, keep living by example. Sound a bit preachy, but really just keep showing them like if you want to be like successful in the life and I in life and I use the term broadly, it doesn't just mean academically, but like healthy and productive and purposeful, you need to start with a good foundation. And that is definitely diet and exercise. The one thing I force them to do is is exercise. So for any listeners who might think that they fall in the somewhere in the spectrum of ADHD, how hard is it for them to get tested or to find out if that's what's going on? It can be really expensive to get a test. I think it's between like $1,500 and $2,500 to get the test. So it's pretty unrealistic for parents to get those tests for their whole family, let alone maybe just one kid. But um, sorry, that was the opposite. But we were fortunate because Renault had at one point when we were going through this, Renault had really, really good insurance. Okay. So that would be the first step is to see how much your, your health insurance would cover on it. But I think if you just started, like Gabor Mate has a book. I'll put some links for anyone that's that maybe this this conversation has sparked something, maybe an adult that wonders about ADHD mm-hmm. in your child, maybe. There's also a website called Untapped Brilliance. And coincidentally enough, it's by a woman here, Jackie Seinfeld in Montreal, and she's an adult ADHD life coach. Oh, wow. So she coaches adults with ADHD. And she has an incredible website with so much information and so many tools and so many tips. I used to see her as a coach for different reasons, even before the ADHD thing. And now we're friends. And sometimes when I look at her blog posts, I'm like, I haven't seen her in a long time. I feel like she's talking to me. Like one thing that I can guarantee is if I come home for a tr- from a trip, will be weeks before my suitcase gets unpacked. Mm -hmm. Like it will just sit in the corner of the room and I will like practically still live out of it for a while. Then when I don't need it anymore, the lid will get shut. (laughs) And Renault is like getting mad. Like what's going on with the suitcase? And he'll text me like, is there any chance when I get home today, the suitcase will be put away? (laughs) And then I get like rebellious. Well, like, well, now I'm not going to put the suitcase away because I don't want to be told what to do. So she was writing this article like why adults with ADHD can't put suitcases away. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, it's me. So it, it does feel like, okay, there's a reason. But then she'll give like a whole step by step on how to get the suitcase put away. And you're like, okay, it can be uh, it can be done. Wow, cool. So I'll put a few notes in the in the show links. Gabor Mate wrote a great book. I think that was his name anyway. Some stuff that I was looking at. And like you said, there's lots of tools in there. And for anybody that this is all new to them and they really only thought that there was there was medication, there's a whole bunch of stuff with diet and exercise and even meditation. Great. Mindfulness meditation for sure. But at the end of the day, if you feel like medication will help you, it doesn't. What I did with antidepressants was I was recommended antidepressants like six or seven times in over an eight year period before I finally started taking them when I was 40. Mm -hmm. And 
I wish I had taken them earlier. And it was like this whole, should I, shouldn't I, should I, I should just be able to go and do yoga and meditate. I shouldn't need medication. My life is good. I shouldn't be depressed. I went through that whole thing. And in hindsight, I could have just said, why don't I just try the medication for two months and see if it makes a difference in my life? It wasn't something that I should have said, well, it felt so final. Like Mm. if I take this, I'll take it forever. And it doesn't have to be that way. Also, sometimes you need uh, that pattern interrupt in order, like maybe you could do meditation and yoga, but maybe you needed to go on medication so that you're able to well, go. That's exactly and do those what things. happened. Yeah, I just didn't have the mental bandwidth to get to yoga and meditation every week um, before I took the medication. Mm-hmm. And then when I took the medication, I felt so great. I didn't give a shit about yoga and meditation. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's some truth to that, unfortunately. Oh, this was a long episode. I feel like there's so much more I wanted to say about that, but maybe we'll do like a part two if we get some feedback on this. Yeah. And and now that I sort of touched on the fact that I'm on antidepressants, it's not a secret. I probably mentioned it before. Maybe we'll do a future episode on on depression and anxiety, Mm -hmm. the big DNA. If there are any listeners who are curious to know more or already have experience with ADHD, have suggestions, comments, questions, please do not hesitate to send them our way. We are on Instagram at on the same page pod and Twitter, same page pod. If you go to our website on the same page pod.com, that's what it is, right, Jen? Yeah. It's my ADHD. I'm always forgetting <laughs> things. If you go to onthesamepagepod.com, you will actually see all of our links for our social networks as well as our Patreon account. If you want to subscribe to Patreon, there's a $2 level and there's a $5 level with different benefits to be part of our growing community. And I think that's it for me. Well, you can find Nancy on Instagram at Nancy Murdoch. You might, I might even post something. Nancy. One day soon. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm not a big Instagrammer, but it's um, growing on me. And you can find me at Jennifer June Chapman. I just want to remind our listeners that Nancy and I feel that we know everything, but that has not been proven. We are not doctors. We are not nutritionists. We are not therapists. We are. There not, are so many things that we're not. We're so many not <laughs> things. So please, none of these episodes are meant to guide you or replace any kind of professional. Medical professional. <laughs> um, Mental or physical. That's right. But thank you guys so much for being part of our growing community. And we're so happy that we spent this last hour with you. We'll see you next week. Bye, Bye guys. On the Same Page podcast, including show notes and links, provides education and entertainment and is intended for information purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on this podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a physician for any medical needs and always seek the advice of a qualified health professional for any of your mental health questions. On the Same Page with Jen and Nancy is recorded in Montreal, Quebec. 
The podcast is written, hosted, produced, and edited by Nancy Murdoch and Jen Chapman. Original theme music by Jen Chapman. Well, maybe you need to take ADHD medication. No, I'm just saying like there's things off. Jen. No, look at the side of your phone where the little thing is and just slide it back. Okay. There. I don't know why I didn't just say sound, but like the button that I, (laughs) anyway. Mm -hmm. It's not okay that I'm 15 to 20 minutes late for appointments. Okay, but. It just won't ever. Stop, Jen. M- mute, like, mute the volume. Shocking. You, mute shocking. The volume when you're that there's ADHD off. in the world. Like, I think we need to write you a list of ways to things you have to do when you're preparing for recording, and one of them can be turn off sound on laptop, turn off sound on phone, be home, get yourself a glass of water. <laughs>